Welcome, everybody. I'm Chris Miller, author of the book, the number one best-selling book, Ready for Pre-Retirement, Three Secrets for Safe Money and a Fabulous Future. And I'm so honored to be the host of this show called Ready, Set, Retire. Do you lay awake at night wondering if you're going to have enough money to pay bills, let alone retire? In this show, your vision will be transformed as I show you how to have safe money and a fabulous future. I've counseled thousands of individuals over the past 20-plus years, and I'm proud to say I've never lost $1 of my clients' money. I will share with you secrets that I've learned over two decades that only the few rich know know about. But today's show is safe money and safe privacy. You really need to hear this. So hackers, thieves, predators, you've been forewarned. Philip Alexander might appear to be a mild-mannered professional and father, but inside burns the heart of a data security ninja. Coming up next, expect the unexpected, be prepared. So I want to welcome you here, Philip. Thanks for joining us today. Well, Chris, thank you. It's my pleasure. I think you have such a fascinating subject that I really, I don't think, I don't know much about, and I don't really think a lot of people know about the security and safety and your privacy and having all of your information vulnerable because we're all putting it all out there on the Internet. So whether you're the person's a gamer or a pre-adult adult child, credit cards are using being used, so what... What what's going on with all this, Philip? Well, you're right. I mean, the internet is, you know, po- you know, quite possibly, you know, the greatest invention in our lifetime as far as um, availability of information. But it does have, you know, its dangers. Like you said, you know, there's online gaming, there's uh, online shopping, there's uh, social media, and people need to be aware and be, ca- you know, cautious to protect their personal data so they don't, you know, become a victim of either financial fraud or identity theft. Right. That's and and it's there's so many ways. I mean, if hackers can hack into the government, they sure as can get into all of our private information. So, right right off the top, I bet you you have a tip for everybody on how how they could protect their information or what they should do. Well, keep your personal data just that personal. You know, for example, you know, I know people, they tell me, oh, I, have, I have, you know, 4,000 friends on Facebook. I go, really? Do you really know 4,000 people? Or are these just people you know online and there's, you know, and now they know all this personal information about you? Now, it may be totally benign, but the hacker could use that information, you know, to try, like I said, to try to take advantage and either, you know, and either steal your identity or just, you know, you know steal your credit card information and go shopping, you know, in your name. Right. Well, since a credit card or a debit card is required to purchase games when you're on the account, then how how are people going to be able to protect themselves? Right. Well, the uh, everyone knows because it's been in the news. The PlayStation Four is coming out later this year in October, and while Sony won't allow people to put you know a prepaid uh, card online, which I, I normally recommend. They do have a PlayStation Network card that they allow people to use. So basically, you can you can you know buy that at a you know brick and mortar retailer, and put that car- and associate that card to buy games. 
and basically that removes the need to store your own credit card online, you know, to buy games online. So it's it's a mock credit card that they're using so they don't get people's private, basically, right? Right. Basically, yeah, it's uh, specific to, you know, the PlayStation Network. It's a debit card. So it doesn't have the, you know, the, the total flexibility to say like a Visa or a MasterCard prepaid debit card. You know, it is specific only to be used with them. But it does, you know, this way you can, you know, $300, for example, so then your liability is limited to that versus the liability of, you know, putting a credit card with thousands of dollars of a limit on there. So this PlayStation, is that seems like that's a pretty common thing that, that most kids or grandchildren are using these days? You know, absolutely. Um, I mean, there are multiple different online gaming systems out there, and, you know, kids are online. And it's not just kids. You know, I, you know I've seen adults online as well. But whether it's the child or the adult, you know, if they're using a credit card, you know, that the 14-year-old kid is not using his or her credit card. They're using the credit card of a parent. So the parent, you know, is the one who needs to be careful, you know, of, you know from a credit card fraud perspective of where they're loading that data online. Right. Wow. The, you know, these are things that I've never really had to think into, and um, mm -hmm. especially if you have children, that, mm -hmm. you know, you may not even think about this. But I guess right. that really covers a big part of the population, right? Well, it does. I mean, I have kids, too, and, you know, they they want to be online and playing, you know, and you know, I'm not quick to, you know, put my credit card online. You know, it's almost, you know, in the field you, quote, unquote, know too much. So, so that's why I'm a big fan of prepaid credit cards or in the case of the PlayStation, you know, their uh, PSN card because it does limit your liability. So that the PlayStation is gathering information about you, like your Facebook account and all your potential privacy issues, how how can you avoid that when you're inside of all that? Well, you know, I find that troubling. Um, now, to be fair, they do say, well, because they want to enhance your gaming experience. And you start, if they see you playing a certain type of game, they want to, you know, give you advertisements, say we have a new similar game coming out. But then it comes down to how they're using your, your personal information. And it's, you know, this, you know, type of gathering, you know, here, the question in the back of my mind is, well, are they gathering information on your friends on Facebook and using that as well? And there's so when you, know, when you have a lot of personal information, not only on, for your PlayStation or any online game, or in this case the PlayStation 4, and you marry it with data on your Facebook, it can lead to other problems. And let me elaborate on that, if I, if I may. Sure. Okay. You know, a lot of those, you know, your PlayStation account, your Facebook account, are generally tied to an email address. In fact, a lot of your online accounts, you need an email address to tie it to. Well, it's the, if it's the same email address, I could use that. And with common tools available on the Internet, I can see what accounts those email addresses, that email address is tied to. For example, if you do online shopping, if you do online banking, as the same email address, I can know where you bank. I can know where you shop online. I can use that information for you know, various attacks, such as it's called a phishing attack via email. Or if I get your phone number, I can try and call you that way. In fact, that's so prevalent, there's even a movie out about it, a movie Identity Thief you know, with Jason Bateman. You know, the, the setup is just that. You know, the, the quote-unquote, the bad guy calls him up. Wow. 
You know, I, I hear people talking about it, and then I've just got one of those in my box today about, mm-hmm. oh, your PayPal account needs to be adjusted or something. You know, I, right. I've, and I had a feeling I knew it was spam, but but I used to get those, and I didn't know it was spam. And so right. people are moving so fast that they can respond to those things and not even realize that they're giving away all their private information, right? No, absolutely. And whether it's a bank, whether it's PayPal or, or any online where they're asking for your login, you know, your login credentials, when in doubt whether or not it's legitimate, um, go to the known good website. In other words, don't just you know, use the example of PayPal. Don't click on the link in that email. Go to PayPal.com. Go to the known good address. You know, and if you know what, if you think there actually may be an issue, because the link in that email could say PayPal, but could take you to the hacker website trying to steal your username and password. Right. Do you think it's do you think it's better for people not to put private information on there at all? I mean, just deal directly, you know, on the phone or not do stuff online. Well, online has a lot of convenience. You know, online you know online shopping um, a lot of times is you know, you don't have to go in a car and drive to a traditional store. So there's a lot of convenience there. It's just being aware. You know, so, you know, a lot of things I do are, you know, very low-tech. For example, I check my credit card statements. doesn't mean I don't shop online, but when I get my bills in the mail, I check them, and I check my purchases. Right. And if there's something that I don't remember, and I, you know, check with my wife, and, nope, we didn't make that, I'll call and challenge it to make sure it's legitimate. You know that that's so amazing. It shocks me every time, every month, because I usually get a couple of those every month. Yeah. And if if I added that up every year, it would be thousands of dollars that someone is trying to get out of my credit card. But I've always, you know, learned that from my dad. I always looked at every single bill I got. So that is right. That's a really money right. saver and right there. Sure. I mean, well, think you know, if some you know, if your limit say is ten thousand dollars, and someone makes a far, tries to make a fraudulent you know eight thousand dollar big purchase at once, you know, the credit card issue is that's going to send off a red flag, and they're trying to catch that. But you're right. You know, a lot of times the reality is they're going to make a lot of smaller purchases, and try not only to get it by the credit card company, but to, but to trick the uh, the individual as well. Right. And like you know, every, like we were talking about earlier, everybody's so busy that to take the time to go through each statement and you know check on it. Is, is there is there any other things that people can do to to watch over that? Well, one of the things I recommend, you know, everyone's familiar with like if you own a home, you have homeowners insurance. If you drive a right. car, you have auto insurance. Well, consider getting identity theft protection insurance. Because we do have busy lives, and how many of us, and, and if we were a victim, how many of us, you know, A, know what to do, and B, have the time to actually go through the steps it would take to recover our, you know, our good name and our identity, whereas there are companies out there that offer that service. Well, that's great. Well, that's that's really important, and, that, you know, that's why I'm talking with you today, because, you know, we're talking about um, – Safe money and a fabulous future, but you're not going to have any fabulous future if your money's not safe. No, absolutely. And you know, it'll break my heart or anyone for that matter if you spent a lifetime saving up for retirement. You know, you, you know, to use your term, you're a pre-retiree five years down the line, and all of a sudden it's drained because of identity theft. Right. Mm-hmm. So they actually have an insurance that you can get that would protect you from identity theft. 
correct? Well, nothing, you know, there's nothing 100% will, you know, stop you from being at risk. You know, I mean, yeah. it's not realistic. Well, I'm not going to use credit cards. I'm not going to, you know, go online. I'm going to keep my money under a mattress. That's a little excessive. What these companies do is they, you know, they watch for unusual activity. They alert you, and you know, they have the numbers to call for, you know, to put freezes on, say, your your credit bureaus on, on your accounts, to help you, you know, regain your, your identity and to stop the fraud once it's been detected. And is, they can be very helpful. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, do you do you feel there's a big concern with children? Is there, do, you, would, do you recommend having a monitor on computers for children, or how would you handle that? I do. Uh, you know, there are you know different browsers. I mean by that, like you know, um, Internet Explorer for Windows, Safari for Mac. But the different browsers have different settings that parents can use. The accounts have different settings. And even the different online accounts, you know, especially for, like, younger children, 13 and under. And I do recommend to parents, you know, again, like we said earlier, the Internet is a fantastic access to data. It also, unfortunately, has hackers and predators, and we need to protect our young. So that kind of monitoring is important. You know, I tell people, you know, I access my son's Facebook account. It's not that I don't want him to have a life or, ha- or have his privacy. I do. But I want to protect him as his dad. And that's why I do that. And, and what about the... I know there's programs that you can kind of set up so the kids don't go to certain places or certain people don't contact. What do you think about those things? I think those are great. Like I said, you know, some of the browsers, you can set limits. You can, you know, block, and this is, you know, again, up to the individual, you know, the household. You can say, I don't want my children, they can't chat online. They can't go to social networking sites online. They, you know, you can limit, you know, um, you know, similar to, like, movies they can go to, you know, PG, PG-13, or R, you can limit the type of sites they go to. And I recommend parents do that, you know, what their comfort level is, and they know their children as parents, you know, and set limits they're comfortable with to help protect their kids. Right. Hey, for everybody that just tuned in, uh, you are listening to our show, Ready, Set, Retire. We're talking about safe money and a fabulous future, and we're talking about protection, being safe with our money. We're talking to Philip Alexander. And Philip, why don't you go ahead and give everybody your website so they know how to contact you? You bet. Thank you. My website is www.dataprivacynetwork, all one word, dot com. All right. And do you have a book or any anything that you've written that you want to share with anybody? Everybody? Sure, I have, I have a few books. Um, but, uh, the book I wrote for you know small business and for families are the Home and Small Business Guide to Protecting Your Computer Network, Electronic Assets, and Privacy. And it is available online. Here we just started talking about you know online protection, but it is available at online retailers such as Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Great. All right. And for those of you that don't know uh, where I am, get my book, I'm the author of the book, the number one best-selling book, Ready for Pre-Retirement, Three Secrets for Safe Money and a Fabulous Future. And if you come over to my website, which is Ready for Pre-Retirement, you can grab the free article, Three Myths to Financial Planning, Three Secrets They Don't Want You to Know About, How to Protect Your Assets from Market Loss. But right now, we're talking with Philip on safe 
to having your money safe and secure. And I like the sound of that book you have, The Home and Computer Guide, and for businesses, too. What do you recommend for businesses? What should someone as an online business do to protect themselves? Well, if you're going to have an online presence as a small business, you know, I would say a few things. One, you know, have your website tested to see if there are are any flaws. You know, it's called like a vulnerability test, and there are companies that will do that. And also, you know, check social networking sites to see what's being said about your company. You know, publicity is a very powerful thing, both good and bad. And you want to look, you know, for for negative publicity, so so you can respond accordingly. So just as people do searches for individuals, uh, do searches and what's being said about your uh, your company online. Great. All right. Well, this is such a. I just don't know anything about this subject at all. This is, and it seems to be very important not only for your children but for your business. What what other tips could you share with everybody about? protecting their their privacy. Right. One of the things I run into a lot is, you know, people have, you know, accounts on various sites, whether it's gaming, shopping, banking, and not only will it be tied to the exact same email address, but they use the exact same password. <laughs> right. Okay. On each, on all their accounts, and you can have, you know, 15, 20 different accounts, you know, in various online, you know, on the Internet. Well, how about not using the same password everywhere? Now, it's not very realistic to you know try to have 20 different passwords. I understand that. But at least have you know if you're going to have one password for say gaming, have a different and stronger password for online banking. And consider a passphrase. Like what if like for example what if I you know just to protect my own privacy, you know, if I put you know I was born in California which I wasn't, but if I put that as my password, very easy for me to remember. I can, you know, mix in a few uppercase letters there. That'd be a very long password and, and hard to hack. That's a that's a good tip right there. It seems like yeah. it's a little more complicated. You know, when I looked at the topic and it seemed like, you know, almost easy, but then again, it seems way more complicated than what people think. Um, I mean, you know, and. It's a little overwhelming in a way. You know, it can be, but one of the things I try to focus on is there are, you know, simple, you know, not you know, not necessarily high-tech things people can do to help protect themselves. Like I said, whether it's a passphrase, like the one I gave as an example, you know, checking your credit card statements when they come in, having identity theft protection. There are things like that that you can do that really help protect not only from being, you know, from credit card fraud, but also from identity theft. And you don't have to be, you know, the computer guru to um, take those steps. So, what other what other tips can you recommend people to do? Well, I tell them, you know, be careful what you put online. You know, a lot of online realtor, uh, not realtors, um, excuse me, retailers, right. will um, have what's called out of wallet questions. So, I forgot my password, and they're going to ask me some questions to unlock it. And what was my first car? What city was I born in? things like that. Well, if you post those on, say, on Facebook, or if I'm chatting with you while we're gaming online, I start asking questions like, hey, what high school did you go to? Or, hey, what was your first car? And maybe I'm just trying to be friendly and chat with you, or maybe I'm at your account on a different, you know, on a different website, and I'm trying to have you divulge those answers to me. 
So if, if you have out of, you know these you know secret questions, these secret answers to unlock accounts, make remember those now are very sensitive and don't post them online. So, what about those privacy filters? What what is that about? I've been seeing that online about you can have these privacy filters put on your computer. Right, there are privacy filters, and basically what they'll do is if you're trying to, you know, basically send your password somewhere, uh -huh. you know, it's generally to log into an account. It'll it'll basically stop you and say, do you want to send this information? Do you want to allow it? And it just gives you, you know, either like basically a yes or a no. And those help is basically, you know, says, are you sure you want to do this? So and can make you, you know, stop and think about it. And that would right. actually help against a phishing attack because it'll say, you know, I'll go with the example you gave earlier with PayPal. You know, in that scenario, it would say, you know, this website, and you know, if it was a phishing attack, wouldn't be PayPal. Do you want to send your password there? Then of course you would say no. So those type of filters can definitely help. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. Well, and what about what about cookies? Are cookies? I've heard that you get these things called cookies that get put on your computer that are fishing around trying to get you to go somewhere. I don't really understand how that works. Yeah. So. Well, cookie is basically just a little piece of information, and you know, without getting you know overly in depth, there you know it can be a session cookie, could be a, a persistent cookie. It basically, attracts you know your activity at a given website. And uh, and that can be used, like I said, if the quote unquote the bad guy, the hacker gets that, they can see you know you've been to different places online, and say you may be you know playing PlayStation 4 now, but before you were banking, so okay now I know where you bank, because that information was there. So, but see if they so, find out where you they they find out where you bank, then but what good is that going to do them if they don't know all your secret information? Well, that's what I'm saying. So, you know, so I know where you bank. If I, you know, uh -huh. then I start with the chat. You know, I have your uh -huh. email address. Then I'll just uh -huh. say, well, what was your first car? You know, I can say, hey, my first car was, you know, a Chevy. What was your first car? You know, I went to high school here. Where did you go to high school? And if you divulge that, then I can go in there, you know, and try uh -huh. to get access to your account. Mm -hmm. You know, some online, you know, generally banks are a little a little better than, you know, a little stronger than that. What they'll do is they'll send um, the you know the new password or a code to get to a link to change your password to your email address, which makes it a little tougher for the for the hacker. But there are some online real uh, retailers that when you answer the challenge question or the out of wallet question, will immediately let you change it. So that's where the real risk is. If I'm you know starting to you know have this casual conversation, try to get you to, to give me the answers to your challenge questions. Right. You know, I was reading something about Facebook. Now that Facebook is publicly traded, that anyone can infringe on your right of privacy once you post on that site. What do you know about that? Like a lot of online networking sites or social networking, you know, Facebook, they, you know, they have their own privacy policy. They can make changes to it at any time. They can, you know, data you post on there, they can use. You know, they, uh, whether you have an you know, idea for the, you know, the next great invention, they can use that. You post a picture, they can use that. Um, you know, people you friend can use information. So there's a lot of, you know, data you think is, quote, unquote, really private, and just between you and people you friend really isn't when, when it's on. And that's just not just something, you know, a negative against Facebook. 
you know, a lot of social networking sites, you know, have similar privacy issues. It's, uh, it seems pretty complicated, and, and maybe there might be maybe a few tips that you could share with everybody just off the top. Sure. You know, what I tell people, and especially, and I have this, you know, these talks with, uh, and, I, and I talk between, you know, to groups, uh-huh. I recommend, you know, only friend people online that you know in real life. You know, because it can have, tra- you know, there are a lot of, you know, people on there who are claiming to be, at a certain age, certain gender, what have you, and there's, you know, right. they're, they're predators, they're pedophiles, they're hackers, what have you. They're just fall into the category of bad people. So I highly recommend only friend people who you actually know in real life. You know, understand that, you know, social networking sites, gaming sites, they're, you know, in addition to their privacy statements and their quote-unquote right to use information you share, you know, just how secure are, you know, are their sites if people try to hack them? So be careful what you post on there. You know, if you post, you know, if you post everything about yourself, hey, I was born in this city, I go to this school, my dad works here, you know, you're pretty much telling a lot about yourself to, to basically the whole world, you know, or anyone with uh, Internet access. And, and be careful about that. Right. Mm-hmm. So do you think it's worth it? Do you think there's a big concern, like with those cookies? Do you have to have some program to block those cookies so they don't track you? Or is it, is right. It? Well, you can. Like I said, the various browsers, you can block cookies. Mm-hmm. But what that will do is then you won't be able to access certain sites. You know, one of the things uh, Safari has, I like to have a feature called private browsing, which really you know hides a lot about your browser and where you go online from being tracked. Because I'm not really a big fan of a lot of sites being able to track what people do online. I just, you know, I really don't think that's something that, um, you know, various sites have a, have a legitimate need to know. Right. And so, when you know, when I'm looking, when I've researched, okay, how to keep my information private and mm-hmm. not lose everything, they say keep a clean email address. What does that mean, clean email address? Right. Well, there are various, um, you know, there are a lot of free Internet email addresses on site. In fact, one of the things that uh, Gmail is getting a lot of heat over, Gmail from Google now, is... Right. In their privacy statement, they say they reserve the right to scan all your emails and basically use it for monitoring purposes. Oh. Well, okay, a third party scanning my emails, okay, is not looking after my privacy, in my opinion. Now, there are sites out there that say we do not scan your emails. Uh, in fact, Windows, or Microsoft, me, Microsoft is coming out with their version of uh, an online uh, version of Outlook. And they specifically say, we do not scan your emails. Mm. So then are, we, are all these companies actually scanning our email, like Outlook and um, all these? Well, Outlook says, said they're not. Um, uh-huh. you know, uh, Gmail just right out, right out said they are. You know, I tell people, you know, whether it's you know, Hotmail, MSN, what, you know, the different there, when you start, you know, 
look for the pop-up ads that are coming on your on on the on the page on the web page. When you start seeing pop-up ads that look real similar, or look like they they are directed to content you're emailing about, you know that they're scanning your emails. Wow. Yeah. And these are just things you just don't think about, you know. Yeah. Um, going to work and mailing all of these files and. So what do you do if you have sensitive files on your home computer? How do you protect those? Right. What I do, there are several things. You can do encryption, you know, just encrypt them, um, you know, and don't share them. Uh, you know, what I do is, you know, or use, you know, what I, offline storage. But a lot of times what I do, and that's getting a little technical, um, I don't share my computer, you know, like for online technical support. In fact, I've had... You know, sometimes, you know, in preparation for one of my books, talk to various online support, and they said, let me take control of your computer. My response is absolutely not, because then you can take any file off my computer you want. So, you know, don't share your computer, and, you know, I would recommend, you know, keeping those in an encrypted file to protect, you know, the sensitive data. And don't and you know don't do the obvious. I tell people you know if you have a uh, if you're gonna have say a half dozen passwords, don't save them in a document called password. Because <laughs> right. that's gonna be the first thing the hacker will look for. Is, well, gee, let me see if there's a you know document called password. There it is. And that's what they'll right. do. Right. That's easy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. So you know they say a lot of the, a lot of these sites offer some sort of reward or prize exchange for your you know your email or your information. What do you th- what do you say? Just avoid those completely, or what do you yeah. think? Yeah, you know, and maybe it's because the field I'm in, I you know, because you know, I've seen you know the hacker side of the world, I'm not overly trusting, and when they say you know I've won something, or I just have to give this information, or I like you know my personal favorite is you know, you know I'm I'm going to inherit my part of sixty million dollars. The only thing I need to do is pay five thousand up front. Well, I All definitely right. don't want to go there. Yeah. Or a few days ago, I actually got a text saying I won uh, not only a free cruise for me and my wife, but two round-trip tickets. And, of course, that was fraud as well. So just be cautious. Be aware that, you know, the, you know most people out there are good, hardworking people you know, just want to, you know, go about their lives. But, unfortunately, there's a minority out there who are hackers, identity thieves, and they're trying to do harm. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I was told that um, when I was getting spam, I was return, returning the email to the spam and say stop or block, right. you know. Mm-hmm. And somebody told me all I was doing was giving the spammer a live active email and you're not supposed to respond to spam. You're actually supposed to set a setting, right, in your mail. Is that true? Right. And that's an excellent question. You know, different email, what they call it, email software or email clients will have a setting, you know, you know this account is spam, or maybe the whole domain, like at you know spammeraddress.com. I mean, all that is spam. But you're right; don't reply because the only thing you're telling the, the the spammer or the hacker is, yeah, this is a valid email address. Because a lot of times they'll just send them out to say you know thousands of Hotmail or Gmail or Yahoo, what have you, hoping just a few people respond. And if that response is, hey, stop it, then they know they have a good email address. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. So those of you that just joined in on us with us here, we are talking to Philip Alexander, who's the founder of Data Privacy Network, and you can 
visit him at his site, dataprivacynetwork.com. And I'm the author of the book, Ready for Pre-Tirement, Three Secrets for Safe Money and a Fabulous Future. Our show is called Ready, Set, Retire. And retire to me is in a state of mind. It's not some place you get to. But it's a way of living and a way of being before you get there. In other words, you start retirement at 20. Start saving now. That's the point. And there's a whole lot of great information we're going to be sharing with you during our series. But right now, Philip's got some really neat tips on how to keep your privacy on the Internet and keep your information safe. And I think this is something that just gets overlooked by most of us. We just keep zooming along and don't realize how vulnerable we are. And anybody that does want to get in contact with me, you can reach out to me at Ready for Pre-Tirement. That's my website, www.readyforpretirement.com. And on there, there's a free article, Three Myths to Financial Planning, and you get some secrets that they don't want to tell you about. So, back to safe money, we want to... Be conscious of web security. And so how do you know that a site is encrypted? In other words, there's so many buy pages and, and it says, oh, this is safe. How, how do you know your credit card is safe besides PayPal or some common place? What do you do right. to make, make it safe? Right. I'll know or you'll know if, if a if a website's encrypted, now when I mean encrypted in this thing, I mean in, the data is encrypted in transit, so encrypted from your computer over the internet to that website. There are two ways to know this. One is basically look for a padlock, you know, a lot, you know, maybe a golden padlock, may not, but look for the padlock in the upper part of the, of the screen of your browser, and that'll tell you the uh, website's encrypted. Another way is look at the, the left part of the address. Uh, look for an HTTP. HTTPS, it's that S you want to see. That means that the data is encrypted in transit, like I said, not only from your computer to, to the particular website, but also back as well. Hmm. Okay. So another thing that I've heard about, and I don't really know really much about that either, is, is the flash cookies and how they can, you know, I get a little sign comes up, flash, download your flash, you need to update it. But somebody told me that the flash cookies threaten my privacy and that I shouldn't even deal with that. What do you think? Uh, uh, different websites will ask you to download different things. Um, right. You know, I'm only going to download something from a website that I know and I trust. You know, or like I, or like I said, I'll go through you know my computer and ask. Or if it, if they if I'm not sure, I'll do a Google search. I'll search on, and I'll put in the you know the flash name, and and see what comes back on it to see if it's a, you know a legitimate you know thing you know to install or not. Another thing I do, you know, as a parent is you know I have the what's called the administrator account. The rest of my family have you know just regular end user accounts. What that helps them is, in a lot of times, they can't install software; they're not allowed. Mm -hmm. And that protects, you know, you know, the rest of the family, especially my kids, from accidentally installing something that, you know, is going to, you know, harm them, is going to hack the computer, try to steal data, what have you. But they have right. to come to me for that. And I recommend that families do that. 
In fact, I recommend businesses do that as well. You have, you know, whether you have, you know, 10 employees or 10,000, if everyone on there, you know, has privilege of what's called administrative rights on their workstation, is actually harming them and putting their computer and hence your business at risk. Oh, that's a great idea. So you can do that for your whole family. Absolutely. So what happens if you're on a public computer um, and you're, you know, going through websites, but it's like at the library and you're on this public computer and you put your coats, you know, your your emails and everything in there, is that going to be remembered and someone else could hack into that? Right. You know, I tell people if it's a public computer, then you have no knowledge and no control over the configuration of how secure the public computer may or may not be. In fact, I tell people there's a thing called basically a keystroke logger. It could be software or hardware. You know, hardware one on basically, you know, you know, with a cord that goes, you know, from the keyboard to the back of the computer, I would just you know, hook it in there. So you don't know if someone is capturing everything you enter onto that public computer. So I'm not saying don't use them. But, if were, you know, for me, I do not put any personal information. I don't log into any accounts. I don't do, don't do any banking on a public computer because I don't know, you know, what the configuration is and whether it's safe or not. And can you erase your tracks? I mean, you know, kind of like erase, go backwards and erase it before you get off of it. Does that do anything? Uh, unfortunately, well, the short answer is no. You know, if they're keystroke logger, no. And in most cases, when you try to delete data, you're not really deleting it. It's still going to be, you know, somewhere on the hard drive. In fact, that's actually, you know, in, in forensics, you know, in computer forensics, that's one of, you know, the tools they, they teach is, you know, with the right software, you can get any data off the hard drive or the computer hard drive, even data that the user thinks they've deleted. Wow. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Well, wow, that's you know, there's this, there's a lot to this. What other tips could you share with everybody that they, you think maybe we haven't talked about yet? Um, you know, be diligent when you know who you're talking with online. Uh, don't use the same password for every single account you have, especially if you're banking. Mm-hmm. And one thing I'm a big fan of, you know, there's a lot of things to do. We have busy lives. You know, there's different types of insurance. I do really strongly recommend identity theft protection or recovery protection. You know, there are different programs out there. In fact, some will protect not only, you know, the adult, you know, the uh, the husband and wife, but their kids as well. Because unfortunately, kids are a target for identity theft as well. And um, most of them are pretty inexpensive, and, you know, that peace of mind can go a long way. It's, it's so with, in getting one of those policies, it's what, you know, what would be a good thing to look at? I mean, how do you approach that? Well, when you evaluate them, I will look at, you know, the services they provide. And for me, and practically my prejudice, because I do have kids, I look for one that will protect my children as well. Because, you know, a lot of times, you know, as adults, we'll check our statements, you know, to varying degrees. Our checking account, if we have credit cards, you know, we'll check them. But minor, especially younger ones, they don't, most of them don't have credit cards. So, you know, they, well, how would you feel if all of a sudden, you know, your son or your daughter reaches 18 and someone stole their identity, you know, 10 years ago and all of a sudden they, you know, their credit's destroyed and they can't get a credit card now because, you know, they were a victim 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, 
you know, if you have, you know, minor children, you know, I would look for a company that not only covers you as the parents, but your kids as well. Oh, that's a great mm-hmm. idea. So, yeah. and, these, and this insurance actually will protect the children too if that happens. Right. You know, or they'll offer the children the same level of protection, you know, so, you know, you know, fraudulent use of, you know, their name, you know, their social security numbers popping up somewhere. And now, and if it happens, how long are you notified? In some, in a lot of cases, but they'll, you know, they'll start the process of not only stopping it, but helping you recover your good name. So, you know, you, you quote unquote stop the bleeding as soon as possible and, and recover your identity. Great. Mm-hmm. That's great. Wow. Yeah. So, um, you know, this is. I know this is a, a big subject, but and I'm trying to, you know, make it real simple for people to understand how they can protect themselves. But if there's some things that I might be missing, do you have any other tips that maybe we haven't talked about? Well, I would just, like I said, um, if people are asking for personal information, be very wary. If you don't, you know, mm-hmm. if you don't know them in real life, if they're asking for information online, you know, it may be just casual conversation. It may be a hacker. Uh, you know, don't divulge things certainly that are answers to your, you know, challenge questions. And if you're suspicious, if you're if a quote unquote a chat is going wrong, or if you get an email you think is wrong, don't respond. I tell especially the kids, you know, when in doubt, ask, you know, tell your parents, hey mom, hey dad, something's going on, and I'm not comfortable with it. So just basically be aware of that. No, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and I know a lot of retirees are getting, you know, spammed and cheated. And is there any tips that you could give retirees and people that? Or maybe just getting on the computer after 50. What can they do to be safe? Well, I would say you know, you know, similar tools. Um, be careful what you share online. In fact, one of the things that, um, to an extent, I, I, I find it you know not only cultural by the generation, but in a way it's helpful as well. You know, some people, you know, like you know, my parents' age, you know the whole online banking thing is new to them, so they don't do it. I said, okay, well, you lose the convenience of online banking, but then, of course, you're not gonna, your online bank account's not going to hack either. Right. And, um, you know, it, it's funny, you know, I, a couple of years ago, I, I told my, you know, my mother, she, she had to get a life alert, one of those little pendants. Right. You know, you know, you know one of those things, if she got hurt. Well, I also said, and you have to get identity theft protection. You know what? And your son's going to get it for you. So, right. you know, you know, as, you know, as the parents, you know, not only do we protect our kids, but sometimes we got to step in and protect our parents as well. Absolutely, protect, absolutely. Yeah. Because, you know, my dad's 93, and and he got an iPad, but, you know, it's really easy for him just to forget and push the wrong button or, you know, end up at, you know, we got to take care of our parents. Like, they took care oh, of us. Oh, absolutely. You know, they took care of us. We should take care of them. Right. What about firewalls? Do we what, what's a good firewall that keeps the bad guys out? Do you have a recommendation for that? Well, interesting thing, you know, there are, are a lot of different firewall manufacturers. There's also software firewalls, which is actually a piece of software on your computer. And there are hardware firewalls, and a lot of it depends. You're talking the home, the home business, or you know, small to medium-sized business. The biggest thing and the, the most common mistake I see is they have the firewall but it's not configured properly. So the biggest thing I would recommend is look at the you know the file configuration you have, and you know if you've made the purchase, learn learn enough about it to configure it properly. 
In fact, a common mistake I see is a lot of people, I see this in businesses a lot, they'll buy a firewall or any type of, you know, like network equipment from a manufacturer, and it'll, and it'll come with a, with a default password from the manufacturer, and they never change it. Well, the hackers know what the default passwords are. So when you get a, you know, a piece of equipment or a firewall in this case, change the default password. Right. That's the only thing you do. I mean, obviously, I recommend you you configure it more than that. But that'd be the you know, because if you don't change the password, then the hack can go in there with the password and just totally you know thwart your firewall. Do you think you should have new change your passwords every year, or you just keep them all different? Like I, yeah, you know, that's why I recommend the passphrase. You know, I think for a lot of users, it's not you know. I don't think change them that often. A lot of people are going to do that. If you can, and if, you know, I actually can keep another number of passwords straight in my mind, maybe because I'm in the business. So for me, I have a bunch of different passwords. I'm okay with that. You know, a lot of people, they say, I can't do it. So that's why I'm a fan of the passphrase versus the password. Like the example I gave earlier, if I put in there, I was born in California. Mm-hmm. That's a really tough password for someone to hack, especially if I, you know, throw in a few uppercase letters here and there. That's a tough. That's a really long password to hack. Mm-hmm. So don't make it obvious. Don't make it your dog's name, your wife's name, your kid's name. Think you know obvious <laughs> password people are going to guess. Right. You know, make it something hard to guess but easy for you to remember. Good point. Yeah. And they and they do say that it's a good idea if you have old online accounts to get rid of them. What do you think about that? Just shut them down and then. Well, yes. Um, and there are some ways that can be "quote unquote" self-healing. Here's what I mean by that: you know, some accounts will just let you deactivate. Mm-hmm. Some old ones that you're not using, and say you did a, attach a credit card with it. If the credit card's expired, well, then your exposure is pretty minimal because because the credit card is no longer valid because it expired, say, in 2011. But where possible, you know, and it all depends on, how, like I said, how much how diligent people you know, want to be. Do try to keep track of where your online accounts are, particularly sensitive personal information and especially credit card data. And if you find you're not going to a certain site anymore, consider either deactivating the site altogether or maybe just simply removing the credit card. A lot of sites will have features. You can say, no, I want to remove that card. And I don't want to associate a new card with it because I'm not going to shop with it now. I may shop you know, at holiday time at the end of the year. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. And then the... Um the the encryption i've heard that you know some emails like would a- actually offer uh, encryption message encryption for example outlook does that have a message encryption that if you want to send something encrypted or right different different email programs are called email clients uh, most do have encryption and what that'll do is basically you know just you know not too dissimilar to what we called talked about earlier the https the encryption will encrypt the, the, in this case, the email, you know, from your computer to the per, to the destination of the person you're sending the email to, and encrypt it over the internet. Mm-hmm. And and if your email program has that, and if the data you're sending is sensitive, I recommend you encrypt it. Right. Yeah. Wow. You know, mo- you know, people, most people aren't prepared for their golden years, let alone today. And out, you know, outliving their money and um, all the things they have to do. But this is so important to keep 
your information and your privacy safe. You know, we're kind of, we're kind of coming to the end of our show here, but I was hoping that you might have a little few concluding notes that you'd like to share, or you know, nuggets that you'd like to pass on with everybody. Well, I'd say you know to kind of you know encapsulate it or wrap it up. Um, I highly recommend you know your only friend or trust people online that you know in real life. And I'm not saying you can't do online gaming with people online you don't know, but I'm saying you don't know them, and keep them at arm's length, and don't share personal information. Uh, you know, check your credit card statements regularly. If, if there's a, a charge in there that you recognize, challenge it. Um, consider you know a password that you know easy for you to remember but hard to hack, you know, and the longer the better. That's why I'm a big fan of what's called the passphrase. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big fan of insurance, of identity theft insurance, because you know no matter how diligent someone is, nothing is 100%, and it is possible to become a victim. And the insurance at that point, you know, can you know save you know can offer a lot of peace of mind, and save you know a lot of hassle. And most of the programs out there are relatively inexpensive. Most, you know, there are programs out there that are around eighty dollars a year for the whole family. Oh, great! Is, and is this something that you help people with yourself? What is it? Your the main thing that you like to help people with? Well, well, with Data Privacy Network, you know, I do consulting and speaking. So yes, I would you know help groups with this kind of information, and I would tailor the assistance. You know, to their specific needs and wants, whether it's a business, a um, you know, a nonprofit. I do a lot with um, you know, small government and local government, and basically help them you know to make the most of you know the tools that they have. And you know, I I try to look at you know simple steps people can take to really enhance their security and help protect their data privacy. That's great, Philip. And 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 for everybody, I really encourage you to reach out to fill up here and he's at dataprivacynetwork.com and you can find out about his book and find out what he does and find out what you need to be safe so all of your private information is safe and secure and um, do you have any anything else you'd like to share with our listeners Philip? Well I think at this point I'm you know Chris I thank you for your time and you know, I would invite your listeners to have any questions. Please go to my website. Uh, I do, you know, blog there regularly and put uh, articles and you know different tips that can help them. And there is a contact page if you want to contact me with any questions. They can certainly reach out to me. All right. Well, that sounds great. And for everybody who's been listening to us, you've been listening to our show called Ready, Set, Retire. And if you want to reach out to me, my name is Chris Miller. That's K R I S. And you can uh, send me an email at kris at ready for pre-retirement. That's R-E-A-D-Y-F-O-R-P-R-E-T-I-R-E-M-E-N-T dot com. Pre-retirement, plan retirement early so your money, your health, and your peace of mind is there when you need it. Thanks a lot, Philip, for joining us, and, and you have a good day. Chris, thank you. It was my pleasure.